Let's get our Bibles. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I can have. I can have. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can have. Says I can have. I can do. I can do. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can do. Says I can do. And I can be. And I can be. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can be. Says I can be. Amen. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your mercy and your grace and your goodness and your blessing. And Lord, on and on. And just this Christmas season, Lord, we just don't want to get blurred with what this holiday is all about. It's about Jesus. It's about the Savior who came into the world. And Father, we get to open up your word and, and just put truth deposits within us that make us shine brighter in our world today. So Father, I pray that as we receive your word, we literally are shining brighter and brighter till you come. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. But we want to talk about the, the beautiful lights that are in this place. How many just love Christmas decorations and just all the lights and celebration? And it's just fun. Our neighborhood, man, went crazy this weekend. And lights up everywhere. And it just, it's a bright, you know, makes us cheery during this season. So tell our messages, shine bright. You know, um, how many know that uh, I know you're not probably not Jewish descent, but today is the beginning of Hanukkah. Did you know that? Yeah. And I don't know if y'all know what Hanukkah even means, but it's a celebration of light. And so we want to talk about that light this morning and what does that look like and what is the light inside of us supposed to be? Right on. And uh, it's a celebration, like you said, of light, but it's also part of a Jewish holiday. It's not one of their major ones, but it's really a part of church history. And so we just want to give you a little bit of church history this morning, but uh, get into some really good word for us. And the Bible is filled so much on the subject of light. Well, from the beginning, what did he create first? He, got, he created light. Let there be. Let there be light. And, and believers... Uh, let's, in fact, let's turn there. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. And believers in Christ Jesus are to be getting brighter and brighter. That's right. You know, it's not we get bright and then we get dimmer and dimmer. No, we're supposed to get brighter and brighter is what the scripture says. That's right. Proverbs 4, 18. Here's what it says. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines even brighter until the full light of day. You know, how many saw, were up early enough that you saw the sunrise this morning? Was that gorgeous or what? It was absolutely stunning. Well, we got a few people who don't get up very early. I saw a picture of it. Uh, I saw a I picture. I actually took a picture of it. It was so gorgeous. The whole sky was just pink. And I mean, I'm not just talking a little bit pink. I'm talking end to end pink. And it was absolutely stunning. But, you know, that was just the dawn. I love how the scripture says that's the, the first gleam of light. The first gleam was pink, and it was so gorgeous. And that's just a reflection of how we're to be as believers. When we come to Christ, the light starts shining. But that's not the end. It's just part of the growing process right. that we shine brighter. Let's go to also to the Gospel of John, John chapter 8 and verse 12. It says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus is the light. Thank the Lord. 
You know, Hanukkah uh, was a war uh, against light, and uh, the darkness was overcoming. There's a lot of uh, things that were prophesied about this, but um, it was a, a moment in church history where the Bible, the scrolls, the original written word of God were literally being threatened with fire uh, to be destroyed and to be done away with. So this is the portion of history we're talking about is uh, at the close of the Old Testament and then at the beginning of the New Testament, which was how many years, most scholars say? You know, roughly right around 200 years you know, so the end of the Old Testament closed 400 years before the New Testament begins. So those are called the silent years. So about 167 B.C. before Jesus, the, this war happened against the Jewish people and against literally God's word and the, the worship of God. But there was a family who decided to let their light shine, the Maccabees. You may have heard of uh, the Maccabees, and it's a uh, part of Jewish history. But uh, this family was just like, you know, we are not going to stop worshiping God. Though culture is changing, we are going to put our heels in the ground, and we are going to be for God and worship God. And no matter what everybody else does, we're not going that way. We are going to stand for the Lord. The Lord. Amen. And this... This uh, piece of history is quite interesting because it's almost like a David and Goliath type of story because an army came against the Maccabees, and yet the family of the Maccabees won against the army. So it was definitely, a miracle. It was definitely God. You know, sometimes when you look at circumstances that seem so big and so overwhelming, you think, how can I, little old me, make a difference? Have you ever thought that? More coffee? <laughs> come on. If you're watching online, come on, wake up. So you may think that the circumstances, whether it's the circumstances of the world that you're looking at or the circumstances of your family, you may think they're too big. But I want you to know that God is telling you today that no matter what the circumstances look like, that light inside of you, which was the light inside of the Maccabees, can be greater than an entire army. And this family, they were able to influence the nation and got people to just go, you know, we need to serve God. We're not going to create another form of worship that is against God. We're going to worship God. And so they had great influence. And so the ar two more times, so armies came better equipped, better weapons, and they came against the Jewish people and the Maccabee family. And by a miracle, God's people won every battle. And, you know, the scripture says, greater is he who's in than he who's in the world. And we have to remember that. Sometimes we feel like we're up against Goliaths. But their Goliath was in the form of a king, correct? Yeah. King uh, Antichus. Antichus. Epiphanes. Epiphanes is kind of an interesting word. It means God manifest. And so what this king did is he brought, he came in and he desecrated the temple, took all the uh, items of worship out, and he created a pagan temple. Uh, history says he set up the altar of Zeus, 
And if you're here when we did the seven churches in Revelation, the altar of Zeus was also called the seat of Satan. So Epiphanes thought, I'm God, I'm sitting in the altar, or sitting in on the altar of Zeus as God in God's temple. Well, how many know that doesn't go over big with God? It's also a prophetic of what is yet to come in our timeline of history. There is a third temple that is going to be built, and there is a man called the Antichrist, and this was the forerunner of the Antichrist, Antichus. And also what King Antichus did, which brings us into where we're going today, is, you know, they didn't necessarily have electricity then, so they had a lot of candles. That was their form of light, or lanterns and lamps. But he wanted it dark, and he was taking out the candles and taking out the lanterns. And, you know, when it comes to a, a darkness, <laughs> who is the author of darkness? Come on. So he was trying to extinguish the light. So when we push that over into Jesus who came and said, I am the light of the world, and then he goes on to say that the light he, he came to bring is supposed to live on the inside of us once he went back to heaven. So that means wherever we go, whether we're coming to church or we're going to our workplace, we are carrying a light. And you know, you are a temple of God. The Bible says you're a temple. There's, we make up the church. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of you. So the king of kings needs to sit inside of you. But the enemy is constantly fighting against us to put out your light in, your, in you that is the temple. You know, there was uh, several years ago, I was dealing with something personally, and I was struggling, and, you know, uh, I just kept hearing the scriptures that said, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. I didn't want to do that. How many have been there? It's like, you got something? I ain't telling nobody. That is, in essence... You want to keep your secret in dark places. And when you keep your secret in dark places, that's the devil's playground. Finally, I just was just in such internal turmoil. I went to my beloved wife and I said, honey, I need to tell you some things. And it was a challenge. It was a struggle in me to be vulnerable. You'd think, you know, husband and wife have this open relationship Husbands and wives don't always have open relationships to just share stuff. But in a state of vulnerability, not knowing how she would respond, I just knew I needed to get my little thing that was in a dark corner of my heart out and go, honey, I need help. Can we deal with this together? And I can't tell you what a gracious woman she is, but also the freedom of feeling delivered from a secret that was in darkness. Light became exposed on it. Healing came, restoration, a stronger relationship, blessings of God. It is such a powerful truth, but inside of our temple, we still want to put out some light oftentimes. 
You know, and if God had not helped the Maccabees and intervened in this story, Judaism would have ceased. But if you notice throughout history, it's never going to cease. I mean, because I read the end of the book. I've read Revelation. Judaism is never going to cease. As much as it has been tried to be extinguished over and over and over again. I mean, this was a serious threat of burning all the records of the, gospel, of, of the Old Testament scrolls. This and the annihilation of God's people. And if uh, Epiphanes would have succeeded, there would have been no Mary. There would have been no Joseph. There would have been no Jesus. There would have been no Christmas. There would have been no Bible for you and I. I mean, this was a serious threat. Now, what he had done when, when they came to the temple, they did discover that he had done, like I said, some things he'd, he'd already started to desecrate. But you know what they decided is we're going to just rebuild. We're going to bring light back into the temple, which is when they started celebrating Hanukkah. And they had to clean it. And while this battle was going on, uh, history says they only had enough oil for one day to light the lamp. Uh, the menorah, and I think uh, we got a picture there if they can show that. So that's a menorah, if you don't already know what that is. And uh, that was in the temple. And, but they only had oil for one day. But the, the Jewish people said, we want to keep light in the temple always. Well, how many know when you only have enough oil for one day? Uh, God's going to have to And intervene. there's an invading army controlling the gas stations, <laughs> you, you know. But the Bible, or not the Bible, but history records that, that the, they put the oil that they had in it, and it stayed lit for eight days while they got victory in the battle. And that's why, is why it's an eight-day eight celebration. That's right. Uh, and the Hebrew word for uh, dedication is actually Hanukkah. That is the Hebrew. And so here he got rid of it, um, but... God rest always restores. No matter where you're at, if you think things have been desecrated, I want you to know God is a God who restores. It may not be in the timing that you think, but God is a God who restores. How many have had, you know, God has restored your life. God has rebuilt you. God has cleaned you up from the inside, I'm telling you. Praise right. God. So let's go on um, to when Jesus now enters the picture. And let's go to John chapter 10, verse 22. It was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. So here, now Jesus has entered the scene. He's in Jerusalem uh, during the light festival, much like we do for Christmas. We love lights at Christmas, don't we? It's just so beautiful. So the lamps are going, the oil lanterns and windows and doorways. And Jesus begins preaching. And uh, can you pick up here? He just begins to say, you know, that he is the light of the world. He and his father are one. It's in John chapter 10. It's, I encourage you just to read that chapter this week. And it's the where we find where he's talking about you know, uh, in that chapter, the devil's purpose is to do what? Three things. To steal, kill, and destroy. And his purpose is that you may have life and what? Life more abundantly. 
And so, and he's talking about these things, and he's talking about how God's people hear his voice, and the voice of a stranger they won't hear. And it's really that emphasis after he talked, he's in Jerusalem at the time of dedication and Hanukkah, he's really encouraging people to be dedicated to him so you can clearly hear his voice. You know, when you got sin and darkness inside, it becomes difficult to hear the voice of God. It becomes difficult to receive blessings. It, it becomes we feel estranged to the Lord. And in chapter 10, he's really just encouraging us to be dedicated to God so that he can touch our lives and illuminate. You know, sometimes there's mysteries and things we don't understand, but he is begging us, come to me. He even says it this way, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, where life is challenging and difficult and you don't understand why. He's begging us, come to him. And he wants to relieve you of the burdens that we are carrying. So now we're going on. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And we're going to see now that after Jesus came on the scene where he begins to tell us, as we've already mentioned, that we become the temple, we become that light. Uh, the New Testament temple is not about a building. The temple is you. So when we get together as believers, we become the church. We are the temple. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16, it says, Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in, what does it say? The Spirit of God lives in who? He lives in you. So that light, that, that Spirit of God. Now, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your Lord, He's in charge, He's number one. Now that Spirit, that light lives in us. And you know, just like uh, in church history... There's always invading armies that want to come in and desecrate the temple and take out the light. How many know we are in a daily spiritual battle? I mean, this isn't we win once and we're good and we can back up and just let our light shine continuously. No, there's a daily we got to fill our oil with lamp, our, our lamp with oil to shine because we have a real enemy who wants to extinguish your light. He wants to make you dim. He wants to make you compromised. He wants you to make you just like everyone else in the world. But if you're a temple of the living God, we need the oil of the Holy Spirit to illuminate and shine bright out of us. I love the, the testimony where someone's walking around in, in the Walgreens and they went in to share Jesus Christ and invite them to church and just letting their light shine. It's like... You're concerned with somebody else's life, and you're witnessing and you're sharing what God has done in you. We all have a story, and you know, your story uh, is probably, in a company with God's Word, a great tool to share Jesus with somebody, because your story isn't you're talking about something, you're talking about an experience that God did to you. And you know, the devil hates it. And he wants to silence us, put out our light, make us dim, compromise. It, and we got to guard, just like the Maccabees, and make a stand. We're going to shine. 
Shine Jesus. You know, um, how many have ever felt like you kind of had a grumpy day? Anybody ever had a grumpy day? So when you have a grumpy day, guess what? You're kind of you're kind of pushing out the light, aren't you? You're you're extinguishing the light of of Jesus in you. And so the more that you decide I'm not I'm going to get rid of the grumpies. I'm going to and and we have a little word in our house we call it the frumpies. If you're going to get rid of the frumpies in your life, then the light gets brighter. And when you get grumpy, the light does get dimmer. Because I tell you, God, the Holy Spirit, is not grumpy. Because that's the Bible says he is full of joy. He's full of peace. He's full of love. He describes himself. He describes that light. So when we want the light shining bright in us, I don't know, how many want to walk around Tacoma and be a bright light? So when we want to be a bright light, then we're going to have to have some of the DNA of the Holy Spirit shining out of us. We're going to have to have that love and that joy and that peace where there might be, you might be in a store and there might be some situation. How many have ever been in a store where there's all of a sudden a kid just throws a temper tantrum right in front of you? I mean, they're all out screaming, kicking, and the parent looks like they're about ready to pass out. They're exhausted and they don't know what to do. How many, been been in, there? How many have been in a store where the parent had a tantrum? <laughs> <laughs> do you know that you can bring peace in that situation? Do you know that you can be a light in that situation? And you can just come right in with, with the joy and the peace in a situation where a kid is just all out. And just bring calmness. I, I was just recently um, in a situation where, a little bit like what you just said, um, the kid was just reacting because the mom was literally so frazzled and so not full of peace and so full of the grumpies. And it was, I'm thinking, this child is just reacting to you. But the parent didn't get it. The parent's just honestly out of no peace, no joy, no nothing. And so I began to calm the parent down. It, and funny thing, the kid calmed down too. I just was like, you know, it's okay to the parent. And I'm like, you know, this is going to be fine, fine. And I just got the parent a little bit happier. And pretty soon the kid came around and just, I'm telling you, wherever you are, whatever circumstance you're in, you can truly let the light inside of you just shine, even in chaos. Amen? Amen. Salvation is like a Hanukkah. It's a, it's a festival of light. It's when light comes in us, Jesus comes in and cleans us up on the inside, and so the light can shine. And he doesn't desecrate you. He sets up his temple where he's enthroned, and he helps us have wisdom and make better decisions with our life. And so we want to talk about how to overcome darkness. So we're going to go to Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to verse 6. It says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Everybody say continue. Continue. That means you don't give up, right? You continue. That means if you mess up, what do you do? Continue. Oh, you needed to hear it. Some, some of you needed to hear that. Even if you mess up, you got to continue. Verse 7, let your roots grow down into him. Come on, you got to get some roots. 
and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong. Everybody say strong. Strong. In the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with what? Thankfulness. Thankfulness. When you decide to let the light increase on you, when that, that Hanukkah begins to get bigger and brighter, guess what comes out of you? Thankfulness. You are a thankful person when you are shining bright. The, do you know thankfulness and grumpy just don't go together? They just don't. If you're frumpy or grumpy, then the thankfulness is, it's not there. You know, and we're living in a time where there's a lot to be frustrated with in our world. Uh, economy, government, I mean, gas prices and not having our product in the store. And why is Amazon taking two weeks instead of two days? You know, and so there's a lot to be we frustrated could, we could, with. We could literally for a half an hour just go on on a list, couldn't we? Half hour? Okay. <laughs> all day. <laughs> we could spend our day talking about all the things we're frustrated about. Uh, am I right? But part of making our light shine and when, and I'm telling you, you're going to wreck some people's mojo when they're griping and complaining and you're following along and all of a sudden you're like, you know, I want to bring light to that. I see where this is going. This is going bad and it's going from bad to worse. <laughs> How many know? It always goes from bad to worse. It doesn't, you know, when your light shines, you'll go, but you know, in spite of all this, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I still got gas in my car. I still got plenty to, you know, you just start being thankful. Those conversations kind of evaporate because people don't want to be, thankful. <laughs> you know, it becomes uncomfortable. <laughs> it becomes uncomfortable. And, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, and when you're thankful, fear goes away, anxiety goes away, the Spirit of God comes on the scene. That's what thankfulness does. The atmosphere changes. And you might lose some grumpy friends. <laughs> but how many know that's not really a bad thing? <laughs> and when you start giving thankfulness... And letting your light shine, you're going to attract other friends that are like, you know, I want to be thankful too. And I got something I want to be thankful for. It's amazing. And uh, it, it, I've lost friends just because of being thankful. Because they don't want to be thankful. They want to gripe and they want to complain. And there's a, there's a spirit of familiarity of, of just negativity gripe. And when you bring thankfulness and let the light of God shine through... It changes the atmosphere, just like light in a dark room changes the atmosphere. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Do everything. Do everything. What? Without complaining and arguing. Everything? Is that really in the Bible? Did it really say everything? That's Do a tall everything. Order. That is a really tall order. I've missed that mark. <laughs> I think we've all missed that mark. Let's just be honest, right? We've all missed the mark. But thank God for grace, right? I, I don't think there's probably one person in this room who can say they've done everything without complaining and arguing. I mean, let's be real. We, they, that person water. That person does walk on water. But, but is it something we can try to achieve or try to attain to? 
It wouldn't be in the Bible if it wasn't something we were supposed to strive for. You know, let's just pause here. And, and you know, it's interesting because sometimes we see this thing as just, Lord, That's okay. That's too big. That's too big. But here's, here's how I, you bring it down into bite-sized pieces. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. You're starting your day, and you're like, Lord, I want to do Philippians 2.14. Help me. Can I make it till 10 o'clock, one hour, 60 minutes, without complaining? But so make, can, can, do you think you can go one hour? You know, when you got that one, you know, sometimes you got to do that. You got to just break it down into a bite size. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So you just go, okay, I'm going to go an hour. Maybe it's five minutes. I don't know. But anyway, you got to break it down. And then when you got that hour down, it's like, okay, can I go to two? Can I make it till lunch? You know, as you flex that muscle of thankfulness and spiritual light, you'll be amazed that it won't be long and you'll be able to make it a whole day where you just, you know, instead of complaining and being frumpy pants, yeah. which doesn't make me happy when you say that to me, uh, <laughs> immediately, I'll get there, but <laughs> you're frumpy. <laughs> I love you. I'm going to go in another room. Um, but it's, it's changing the atmosphere, it's changing, and light begins shining bright, and we, before long you'll find you can make it a whole day, a whole day. Wow. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's go. <laughs> okay, verse 15 says, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. And here we go, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Do you know this wasn't written in 2021? This was written, yeah, it might sound like it. This was written many years ago. Living in a world that is perverse is not a new thing. This history repeats itself. This has been going on for centuries. But the Bible says that you can shine bright in the midst of a crooked and perverse world. It also says that you can do life in a crooked and perverse world without complaining and arguing. Can, can we just try, like Pastor Greg said, to, to stretch this muscle? You know, when you're beginning to work out, you may not be able to do everything you want to do when you're, when you're just starting to work out. But after time, you can do more, and you can do more, and you can do more reps, and you can, you can stay on the treadmill longer, and you can go a little bit longer the longer you do it. Do you know it's the same way when you are trying to grow spiritually? you gotta, you got to try those muscles out. Like Pastor Greg said, you may only go an hour, and then you catch yourself. The whole, I guarantee you, if you ask God to, to catch yourself, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is going to give you a little eh, when you go to go there. And you're going to start stretching your spiritual muscles. It's called you're beginning to grow up spiritually. And, you know, I think the byproduct of that is you'll feel better. Oh, you'll feel 100% better. Um, you know, darkness is in the world, just like Philippians said. But sometimes the darkness can be overwhelming to us. 
and sin and just frustration. And sometimes we, we want to retreat and just be like, I just want to escape out of this. I don't like this. But God put us in this world for such a time as this. We are here. He determined the time and place that we would live. And here we are in Tacoma in 2021. And God doesn't want you to put our light under a, a basket. He said we are a light on a hill. We are to be exposed. And when darkness is around us, your light shines even more brighter in a dark world. Matthew 5.14 says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. You know, turn on your flashlight when it gets a little dark. Okay, can you do that? And if all you got is your phone flashlight, turn on your phone. I'm speaking hypothetically. You understand where I'm saying. Turn on the flashlight inside of your but life. when it's dark and you need to see, your light, flashlight, phone light, is a response to the darkness. Mm -hmm. And when sin and the world seems terrible and horrible, your light is a response to the darkness. You know, Romans says crazy thing. In the book of Romans, it says that, that uh, to we are to be innocent towards sin, but, but to do good is a way of overcoming sin. It's a way of overcoming. Doing good? And sometimes that is not what we want to do. But it's the light shining in you in response to the darkness. Horrible things are happening every day. But how we respond, do we turn our light on or do we keep it off? You know, and the, you were talking about the oil that the, for the menorah. And the oil, when we're talking about spiritual things, that oil is the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit on the inside of you, the, the more you communicate with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, the more that oil begins to reproduce and you continue to be able to shine the light that you need to shine because the Holy Spirit is the oil that you need to be able to do it. That's right. You know, in this festival, it's, it's in the darkest time of the year. You know, uh, December 21st will be the darkest day of the year. And it's interesting that Hanukkah, the festival of lights, is during the darkest season. And it's, but it's when light needs to shine the longest. And here we are at the last of the last days. And God has called us to shine bright in a dark world, in the darkest time, the darkest season in human history. God has called you and me to light our lights. Don't let them go out. Keep them flickering bright. Protect them. Guard them. Because you have real enemies that want to snuff you out. And I can look at some of the men from Fight Club and go, man, I know these guys have overcome some in incredible things where light was trying to snuff their life out. Not just Christianity, but literally their, their life. That's right. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and the deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Would you stand with us? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, it's Hanukkah, and it's a celebration of light, but like you said, the the original word in Hebrew is dedication. And from dedication is where we get the word Hanukkah.
And so when they came in to clean the temple, they came in to light the light, and it's an eight-day festival of dedication. It's eight days of dedicating their life to, to be sure that the light never goes out. And you know, in a dark world, in a perverse time where sin is abound and, and culture is changing so rapidly, it's mind-blowing. It's, it's a perfect time to dedicate our lives. I am going to live for the Lord Jesus Christ no matter what. I know sin and temptation will come my way, but I am going to make a stand that I will live, endeavor to live for God. Bright. I want to push sin away. I want to embrace the Almighty God with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my body. I want to be sanctified. I want to do what Romans chapter 1 says, to present my body as a living sacrifice dedicated unto God. I will not be conformed to this world. I will be set apart. I will not be swept away by the tide of perverse and negativity. I'm going to shine bright. I'm going to live positively. I'm going to live with joy. I'm going to live for Christ. I'm going to have sin washed from my life. I'm dedicating today to live bright. And if you're here this morning and Jesus Christ is not sitting on the throne of your heart, whether you're here or watching online, you need to respond to the light of Jesus Christ receive him put him in the throne of your heart and go lord i need you i want to live for you i want your light to shine bright in me so i'm going to count to three and on three i want you to raise your hand and just in a physical response by saying i need jesus in the throne of my life pastor charlene's going to lead us in a prayer join her one what are you doing with darkness are you just enjoying it or does it irritate you in your heart and you know it's not right? Two, push it away. Make a stand. Do the right thing. Be the right person. Three, respond to the Lord. Say, come into my life. Raise your hand in this place. Yes, praise God. Other people, you watching online, you need to pray this prayer with us. Church, would you pray this prayer with others, individuals who have raised their hand, those watching online? Can you just pray this with, repeat this prayer with me? You're like, I need to rededicate my life to God, or I've never made God number one. Then this morning is your time. Maybe you're watching me tonight. Tonight is your time. repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my life. I need you to sit on the throne of my heart. I need your light to shine bright in me. So I'll push darkness away. I'll push temptations away. I push temptation away. And this morning I dedicate my life to have light shine out of me from Jesus Christ. I dedicate to not succumb to darkness, 
but make a difference in a dark and perverse world. I refuse to allow darkness in. I commit myself to wage this war to keep my temple bright and clean and living for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for washing me clean. Now I live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, if you're a believer, I'm telling you, this, this message is to encourage you. This message is to actually stretch us, to say, can we grow? How many are, are saying, you know, I'm a believer, but I want to grow? My hand is raised. I would raise both of them. I want to grow. I want to be a light in this world. Amen.